Good afternoon. Like the snow, huh? Early snow. So today in our scriptures, we have some really, really beautiful gems to, to digest, if you, to, to, to take into our hearts and to, to experience. So I'd like you to just maybe walk with me as I reflect with you on some of these scriptures today. Um, the first reading from Wisdom chapter 7. In this reading, there is there's a distinction being made between wisdom and, and earthly riches. Okay, Things of, of, of the earth that we consider very important, right? And even here it says, I prefer her. Her is wisdom, Our Lady Wisdom, if you will. I prefer her wisdom to scepter and throne. Meaning, I, I would rather be wise than have power, okay? I would rather be wise than have power. And when I say wisdom, I'm not talking about academic, educational knowledge that you learn from reading books. Um, not that that's bad, that's important, but wisdom is different than academic, educational um, uh, accumulation of knowledge, right? That you, you get degrees with, right? In school or universities. So wisdom is something that is very deep within us. Wisdom, because you can know a lot of things, but not live according to what you know. Someone who's wise, you know, lives according to what, what they've learned, what they've received. And, and this wisdom is not just, again, head knowledge. It's a deep heart knowledge. You've, many of you have heard the terms, right? Wisdom comes with age. There's some truth to that, right? Wisdom does come in some way with age. Not that you can't be young and be wise, because you can, because wisdom is a gift from God. And so wisdom is, is it's, it's in my very bone marrow. It's how I carry myself. It's how, I, it's how I present myself. It's how I walk, how I talk, how I live my life. It's, it's a deep part of me. A good example of wisdom is those of you that are older have grown into a sense of uh, I don't care what people think of me, right? When you're older, you're like, you get what you see what you get. If you don't like it, that's your own problem, right? So when you're older, you kind of get to that point where you're, you're done trying to be like other people might want you to be. You just are who you are and you like it. You don't, that's your own problem, right? That's wisdom, really. That's a, a sense of wisdom is you're secure in, in your identity and who you are and you're willing to just be who you are. You're not a chameleon. You're not trying to be this person for this group or this person for that group or this, this person for this group. You, you are who you are. So you see, wisdom is, wisdom is a deep, deeply seated understanding of self. Wisdom is a deep understanding of, of my value, my worth, my identity. And in this first reading, it's detaching wisdom from power. Not that you can't have power and still be wise. That would be a great thing, right? But it's, it's separating power from wisdom. It's separating, um, it says, I prefer her to, to, I prefer her to scepter and throne and deem riches as nothing in comparison with her. Then it goes on to even say, <laughs> beyond health. It's separating wisdom from even health. Um, it's, it's saying here, I love her. I have, I have chose, I've chosen her rather than light because splendor 
of her never yields to sleep. So it's saying that what is this wisdom? What is this that this first reading from wisdom? What is what, what is that that they're separating everything in this temporal earthly world from wisdom? So the wise person, the wise person gives priority to their soul over their body. In the hierarchy of importance, the soul is way more important than the body. You are a body-soul composite, unity. You can't separate your body from your soul. That's the definition of death. When our souls leave our body, we die. So the wise person, though, gives priority to their soul. Level of importance is way higher for my soul than for my body. Meaning, a wise person never divorces earthly things from heavenly things. Or I should say, temporal things from eternal realities. So a wise person realizes that the way I speak will affect my eternal destiny. A wise person is someone who says, the thoughts I adopt and embrace will affect my eternal destiny. You can't just say what you want, think what you want, and do what you want, and think that's not going to affect your eternal destiny. See, someone who's not wise, they say, think, and do what they want, and they have no sense of how that's going to affect their judgment day. They don't think about the consequences of their actions, their thoughts, or their words. That's not wise. Right? You, you want to be wise, we have to, again, priority to the soul. Awareness that I want to even have a soul. I always say there are a lot of people in the world today, a lot of young people, children, they don't even know they have a soul. They don't. They don't even know they have a soul. They just go through life and no one's ever really taught them you have a soul. You have an immortal soul that's so precious. We should be really thinking about how's my soul look? Am I taking care of my soul? That's wise. That's wisdom. And then it says in our second reading, the word of God. Jesus is wisdom in flesh. <laughs> Jesus in flesh is wisdom. He gives us wisdom in the flesh. He shows us, you know, we talk about for she, wisdom, her. Think of the blessed mother, right? Our lady receives God's word. In flesh is God's word. Jesus is wisdom in the flesh. You and I continue to make God visible through our bodies. God needs a body. Look at Blessed Mother. God needed a body to become visible. It's no different for us. God needs your body to become visible. That's how he willed it. He ordained the created order like that. He made it so that you and I could enflesh him, make him visible. As male and female, he made us to enflesh him in the world. Okay, now listen. We're going to make a little transition here. So the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It's deep. It's deep. Wisdom's way deeper than just academic head knowledge. It's way deeper. Okay? Now we're going to look at our gospel. With all that said, our gospel today is about this rich man. There's an important point to understand regarding this rich man. This rich man, he's attaching his goodness to what he possesses in the physical world. 
The rich man's attaching his value, worth, and goodness to what he possesses in the material or physical or temporal world, okay? Remember I said that in the first reading it says wisdom is one who doesn't attach their value or their worth to earthly temporal goods, right? Someone who's wise is aware that there's something greater. Someone who's wise is aware that there's a God and I need to live my life to glorify him. And when you glorify God with your bodies, when you guys, when we live for God, guess what? You're living, you're gonna live a happy life, a joyful life. You're gonna experience life to the full. Glorifying God does involve the cross, but there's a level of fulfillment when you follow God that you can't match when you don't follow God. When you're following God, it is sacrificial, but it's way more joyful and fulfilling. You have a sense of purpose, of value, of worth. You have a sense of, uh, this is what it means to be a human. When you're following God, you experience yourself. When you're sinning, when we're not following God, you don't experience yourself. That's why people say, this is boring. That's boring. This is boring. Church is boring. Christianity is boring because you never tried it. You can be here in the pew and never try church. You can be here in the pew and never really try Christianity. Your version of Christianity is you keep it at a distance. If you really taste Christianity and truly step both feet in, you're not going to say it's boring. It's going to be engaging. So God's engaging you, but are we engaging God? Are we letting God into our lives? Again, the wise person doesn't just write things off. The wise person steps in and says, I want to be in the game. I want to be both feet in. I want to do this, okay? So the rich man is attaching his value, his worth, his goodness to his earthly goods and things of this world, okay? And we all do this. Now, what's Jesus do? The rich guy says, good teacher. He recognizes Jesus is a decent investment. He's saying, Jesus, good teacher, what can I do to inherit eternal life? I see this, the rich man says, Jesus, I see that, you know, you gather quite a crowd. You do miracles. You're a great teacher. So I'd like to invest in you some time. Tell me what I need to do to gain eternal life. The rich man doesn't see Jesus yet as Savior and Lord. He sees Jesus as someone who knows something he don't know. So the rich guy's like, I just want to accumulate more knowledge, more wealth for me. I don't quite understand that I need you to save me yet, but I just want to spend some time with you. And Jesus says, and, and the proof of that is Jesus says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Well, Jesus is God. So when he says, good teacher, Jesus says, don't, don't call me good. No one's good but God. Do you guys see what he's doing is Jesus is trying to take the rich man to an awareness and understanding. The rich guy's like, good teacher. And Jesus is like, only God's good. So the rich man doesn't yet identify Jesus as God. The rich man doesn't yet see the true value of Jesus. The rich man sees Jesus as a somewhat something to gain for himself. Good teacher. You have good knowledge. You have something to share. Share it with me. Teach me. Lead me. Okay? And then he says, what do I got to do to inherit eternal life? He says, follow the commandments. And then the the rich guy says, I do that. 
And then here is kind of the heart of it. Listen, Jesus looks at the rich guy. He loves the rich guy. I love that. He says he looks at him and he loves him. Jesus knew this was going to be tough. He looks at the rich man and he loves him. He doesn't first ask him to let go of his earthly things. He first loves him because it takes love to let go. So Jesus looks at the rich guy, loves him. And then what's he say? You are lacking in one thing. Go sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Come, then come follow me. Now listen, guys. It's not bad to have power. It's not bad to have things on the earth. It is very, it's not good. It's, it's bad to have things and be attached to things. It's not bad to have things, but it's bad to have things and be attached to things. It's bad to attach my goodness to the things of this passing world. Like, I'm good because I'm healthy. No, you're not good because you're healthy. You're good because God made you. I'm good because I have a job and I make good living. No, you're not good because you have a job and make a good living. You're good because God made you. I'm good because I'm good at sports. No, you're not good because you're good at sports. You're good because God made you good. When God created you, he said you were very good. You're not good because you're successful on earth. You're not good because you get good grades. You're not good because you look good. I'm good because I'm thin. I am not overweight. No, you're not good because you're thin and you're not overweight. You're good because God made you. The rich guy doesn't know this yet. And do you know how painful it is to live your life thinking you're good because you have this or because you look like this or because you have that? Do you know how painful it is to carry in your spirit an, un an understanding of yourself that your goodness is dependent upon your performance, your, your looks, your, your success? Do you know how painful it is to carry that? You carry it in your face. How can we be disciples if we're carrying our goodness based upon our looks, our value in the world, in this world, in our passing life. How can we carry the joy of the Lord, the freedom of God, when we're carrying our goodness based on our performance, our value in this passing world? And so Jesus looks at the rich man and he says, I, he's loving him and he's saying, I need you to let go of what you're making yourself valuable for. You're not valuable because of what you have, rich man. And that's for all of us. You're not valuable because what you have. You're valuable because of who you are. Now you might say like, well, we know this. Exactly, you might know it, but you're not living it. Maybe you're not living it. You're not walking it out. You can't know this truth that you're good just because you're good and be the same. So if you come in here, and, and here's an idea, here's a thought. Some of you might think, well, Let's say somebody was married 50 years and somebody got divorced and was only married t five years, three years, I don't know. Well, is the person that lived 50 years of their marriage better than the person that lived three years? No, your goodness is not based upon your successes. But how many of us, we know this, but we're not, we're not, we're not digesting it, we're not hearing it. We're not receiving it. We're not agreeing with God. Jesus came to save the rich man from living this stressful, overburdened understanding of self 
Jesus wants to deliver the rich guy from the oppressive force and lie that I'm valued and good because I have this or that or successful in this or that or look like this or that. That's a horrible understanding of yourself. And the rich man doesn't get it. And it says he walks away sad. Why does he walk away sad? Because he had so many possessions. His possessions determined his value and his worth. So it's not that Jesus was saying, just let go of your stuff, all your stuff's bad. He's saying, no, rich man, you're attached to what you own. You need to let it go so you can be exposed, delivered, and set free. So my prayer for everybody at church today is that you'll understand how good you are. That you look into Jesus' eyes and let him tell you that you are good. God alone is good. Where's God live? In me, in you. The goodness I have belongs to God. The goodness you have belongs to God. It's not for you or I to say I'm not good or you're not good. God made me. He lives in me. He lives in you. We are good. You might think this is a simple message. It's really very, very important. Because there's a lot of people out in the world that are carrying the burden of goodness dependent upon success. So they get up every day maintaining their goodness by maintaining their looks, by maintaining their bank account, by maintaining their stocks, by maintaining their IRA, by maintaining this, by maintaining that. You have no time to live because you're maintaining all your earthly goodness and God's saying, Will you let go, not saying just throw it all away, but he's saying, will you detach your value from that stuff and let me tell you the truth of who you are? Don't walk away sad. Be bold. Be bold. Jesus, I'm, I repent today. Jesus, I repent today for, for believing that my value and my goodness is based upon the things of this passing world. This is why sometimes the best thing that can happen to us on earth is failing. Failure can actually be an invitation to healing. A losing season <laughs> can be an invitation to something greater. Being a failure isn't always a bad thing. How you handle your failure will tell you how well you know yourself. If you don't handle failure well, you probably don't know how he loves you or how he looks at you. Because when I freak out when I fail or I feel overwhelmed when I fail or I just spiral down and crash and burn when I fail, that means that I'm losing my goodness. Oh my gosh, what do I do? I got to panic. I go into panic mode. No. Don't worry. Why do, we, why do we stay away from confession? Because we're invited to name our failures. And if you don't like naming your failures, it's probably because you believe you are a failure. You're not a failure. You struggle with failure. You struggle with sin. But your sin isn't who you are. Guys, do you know why we go to confession? We go to confession to say, Father, bless me, I have sinned. 
I've acted, spoken, and thought in ways that don't line up with how amazing I am. I'm so amazing, God made me amazing, I've chosen to think, speak, and act in ways that don't line up with my true amazing self. That's what confession is. You're, you're naming things you've done that don't line up with who you are so that you don't get used to the sins you commit. Because if we don't name the poison, we start to digest the poison. And when you digest the poison, which is you are your sin, you walk around with that heavy burden. You're not free, you need deliverance, you need freedom. And so everybody in here is the rich man. Today, after communion, you will all receive uh, our stewardship guide. The ushers will pass them out. I invite everybody in here to look through the stewardship guide. This is an opportunity for you to look through and discover ways you can be a blessing to others, that you can share your goodness with others. Now, if you don't believe you're good and you don't believe you're a blessing, why would you invest in anything? Because you don't have anything to give. That's a lie. Everybody in here is good and you want to what? Give God through your bodies. How can you give God through your body? It's called stewardship. Being a steward is acknowledging I'm good, God made me good, and I have something good to give. So what are some ways I can plug in and give my goodness to others? But if I'm maintaining my goodness every day, guess what? There's no time to give to others because I gotta maintain my goodness. Don't, just stop. Just shut, shut, shut it, just stop. So I just encourage you today to really think about, take this scripture into prayer throughout the week, just ponder it. What do you understand about yourself and your goodness? Where do you connect your goodness to the temporal things of this world? Where do you know things that are true but you're not walking out that same truth? Where is there a dualistic understanding? So as we continue mass, let's ask for these graces to just open ourselves to what God wants to say to us here. What is one or two things you heard in this homily that you can take the rest of the week and chew upon and meditate upon and go deeper, go deeper.